finish, really, we started a message series on the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and then we moved from the fruit of the Spirit to uh, Pentecost Sunday and talked about the power of the Spirit. Well, you can't really talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit without talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to do it very differently today. You're going to be involved in this. Don't worry. Uh, no one's going to be embarrassed at all. This is entirely for your benefit. But Wedlin is going to hand you a, a pencil and something that you're going to use uh, in, in a few minutes in the service. This is a tool for you. This is not, uh, this is not for anybody else but to benefit you. But we can do this uh, with a group this size. Uh, I've d done it once before, maybe three years ago. Uh, three years, has it been that long? Goodness. Just before COVID, how long was that? Is that three years or two and a half years? My word. Anyway, I can't believe I just said that. Just before the first lockdown. So uh, we did this and kind of picking it up here now. Uh, but I want to talk about the Holy Spirit's gifts to you. It's really important, folks, that you understand, like, the activity of the Holy Spirit in, in a person's life is very, very profound. And we often do not uh, think about this and realize this, but He is constantly, constantly at work in our lives. You know, even when a person is not a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit is at work in their lives. You say, well, that, that can't be. Yes, indeed, He is. He is trying to, to bring that person to Christ. He's trying to show that person uh, that they're a sinner, that, that the Holy Spirit does that work. He finds ways. He knows ways. I mean, He is, he is God. He is uh, the person of God, just as Jesus is just as the Father is, the Holy Spirit is God, and He, he will find ways to bring even a non-believing person to Himself. He's active in the life of the non-believer, and most certainly He's active in the life of the believer. As we said, the moment that the faith light goes on on your, you know, your dashboard of your, of your heart, the moment that that happens, you're, you begin a process of change. And God comes to live in you through the person of the Spirit. And you begin to see change in your life. And you begin to see over time, as you learn, as you grow, you start to see what? The fruit of the Spirit in your life. And then you realize that not only does, does He want to do that in your life, He wants to give you power so that you can be an effective witness for Him so that you can go out into a, into a world that is largely a godless world, and you can be a Christian in that world. This is what the power of the Holy Spirit is. Well, along with this, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. He's really, really generous. Think of it that way. Hopefully, you all like to receive gifts. Well, let me tell you the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to you you're not going to want to repackage them. You're not going to want to, you know, wait till next year and pass it off to somebody else who you don't like. The gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to you, you, you will like them, okay? And I want to go through them very quickly here, 
And then you're going to see uh, which ones you have, at least to a, to a small extent, all right? We're going to do this really, really simply today. This is not going to be an in-depth conversation about each gift of the Spirit and so on. You can look on our website. Um, there's a few series that I did on the gifts of the Spirit that you can dig up on our website or on uh, Apple Podcasts. You'll find it there on Podbean. You'll find it there. Uh, our Facebook page, you'll find it there as well, okay? We go into all of these things in detail. But I'm just going to summarize them because I want to have fun with you and get you uh, cracking on this quiz. So easy ways to think about the gifts of the Spirit. Really, we, got, we have three, three commonly um, referred to lists in the New Testament, all right? Now, for sure, you see the gifts of the Spirit in the Old Testament as well. But I'm just going to focus on these three lists that are most commonly cited to, to explain and to show us what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in a very simple, simple way. And the, all of them are written by one man, uh, the Apostle Paul. Okay, and so what he's doing is he's trying to give clarity to three different churches, actually, three different groups as to what these gifts are. But you see similarities in what he says to each group. So the Romans 12 list, we can call this motivational gifts. These, these gifts are the ones that you can test for. And what you have in your hand and what you were emailed yesterday, yesterday you got two, two of these by email, these you can generally test for. They have to do more with your wiring. They have to do with your personality uh, to a degree. And I will say something that you may find a bit of a stretch here, but even people who are, who are not Christ followers, in my view, uh, they, uh, they are also, at times, you see the marks and the gifts of God in their lives even though they're not even Christians yet. You say, Pastor, that's impossible. Well, God creates people in His image, yes? And sometimes you see people of no faith or maybe a totally different faith system, and you say, my goodness, this person is what they're able to do in a certain area of life. It seems like that there's, this is not normal. There's something that, that suggests that this person it has been indeed created in the image of God. Look at what they're able to do. Look at how they're able to compose music. Look at their, their abilities in art. Look at their abilities in song. Look at their abilities in teaching. Look at their abilities in administration. Uh, look at their uh, abilities in serving. What, what's going on there? Well, God creates people in His image. And so you sometimes see these kinds of gifts in particular, these motivational gifts, even in people who are not Christians yet. And then when they do eventually that faith that faith light on the dashboard, you know, goes on and they become Christ followers, those gifts are even more pronounced. They're uh, sometimes repurposed for God's kingdom rather than for that person's, you know, own interests, and you see that and you see change uh, with the gifts that they already had going, especially when it comes to these motivational gifts, okay? And I have taught on these gifts Oh my goodness, I think I've taught on these about 50 times, and I, I have never met one person, especially a, a Christ follower, who doesn't have more than one of these gifts just listed in Romans chapter 12 
that we are going to uh, test for in just a few moments. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what will happen? You will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you, just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. Note the diversity there. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him, get, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. That's, that's the list we're about to test for, okay? Then you move to Paul's uh, uh, letter to the Corinthians, which we read from a little bit at communion. Uh, and uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is right after the, the whole dialogue on communion, he talks about spiritual gifts. And we can call these manifestational. These have a lot more to do with supernatural acts of God through people. And uh, these can be once in a lifetime. You may experience these. These are decidedly supernatural the way that they're written he seems to be thinking on that uh, path as he's writing here. These are manifestations of the power of the Spirit in people's lives. Uh, so I'll, I'll start from uh, verse 7. Uh, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Who's good? The common good. So it's not just for you, the individual, it's for the common good to, to each one. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. Remember, through the Spirit. So it's not just wisdom that's kind of a natural wisdom. It's a wisdom that comes from the Spirit. There's a supernatural edge to it. To another, the message of knowledge by the same Spirit. So the person knows something but they know something by the Spirit. Conceivably, this may mean that God may tell them something that it's impossible for them to know otherwise. Word of knowledge, this is sometimes called. To another, uh, faith by the same Spirit. So this is not just a standard faith, if you will. This is a faith that, that is a very challenging faith. It pushes to another gifts of healing. By that one spirit, clearly that's supernatural. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. This is a, seems to be a supernatural ability to, to tell whether or not you've got something, quite frankly, demonic or something that isn't. And you see this in the first few verses of the chapter. He's talking a little bit about counterfeits in terms of these spiritual gifts. And he says, he, he warns them. He says, in your, in, your, 
in your previous life, in your pagan life, you were worshiping these idols and all of this, but no one speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. That's how you tell the real from a counterfeit. Just as an aside, uh, there is a real devil. He does operate in the supernatural, and he will attempt to counterfeit these kinds of gifts, distinguishing between spirits to another, speaking in different kinds of languages, and to another, the interpretation of these languages. This takes place when you have a public setting, usually a public setting, and somebody speaks in a language that they don't know, but somebody else in the room knows exactly what they're saying. Uh, we, we gave an example of this a few weeks ago before Easter, we talked about, does God do miracles today? There's an example in that message from, you know, our time, our era of this type of thing uh, happening. All these are the work of the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. These are manifestational gifts. I've been used in one or two of these like two times in my life, and that's it, okay? I, I think that these are decidedly supernatural. It's a very different list than the Romans 12 list. The Romans 12 list you can test for. It's hard to test for the 1 Corinthians 12 list, okay? Difficult. Uh, maybe not impossible, but difficult. And the final list is found in Ephesians chapter 4. We sometimes call these leadership gifts. Uh, and, it, and here he talks about different kinds of people who tend to lead. So it was he who gave some to be apostles, it's a curious word in the New Testament. It just means a sent person, sent on a mission to do something. Paul, an example of an apostle. Some to be prophets. You see that word prophet here. You see it in Corinthians. You see it in Romans. Some to be evangelists. And some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. So you see some commonalities in these gifts before we, we do the test together and have some fun with it. Uh, we see that God is the one who gives the gifts. So it's not you. You're no one special. But Paul said in Romans, don't think of yourself as any better than you ought to. It, by God's grace, God's spirit has given you these gifts. They're not of yourselves, they're of God. Even the person who's, who's not a Christ follower, and you see clearly the mark of God is on that individual's life, it's not of themselves, it's of God. They are God's gifts. And when people start to think that their, their gifting is of themselves, then you start to see a character problem. And when you have a character problem, oh boy, then you, the person could be the most gifted person in the world. But if their character is lacking, that's what God is going to look at, not their abilities, but their character. God is the giver of these gifts. Number two, the gifts are diverse. They're very diverse. This is not, these lists are not meant to be closed-minded or closed like in a little box. You know, we look at the fruit of the Spirit, same thing. It's not meant to be in a shut box. These are the kinds of things you see. In the Old Testament, you see gifts as well. You see gifts of craftsmanship. 
people who were working on the tabernacle and on the temple and its design. These people were gifted and empowered by the Spirit, we're told, to do that. We see people operating in the supernatural gifts in the Old Testament, people who can interpret dreams, people who can see what God is going to do in the future. We see these kinds of things, words of knowledge. We see this in the Old Testament. So words of wisdom we even see in the Old Testament. So they're very, very diverse so just because uh, you don't see uh, you know, a certain thing there and you think that God has gifted you in, in that area, it, it doesn't mean because you don't see the exact word in the text that it's not of God, all right? God gives gifts. The gifts are diverse. As diverse as there are people in this room is the diversity that God uh, pours out onto the body of Christ in terms of these gifts. He expects us to use them. So don't keep them wrapped in a box. He expects us to use our gifts. He, and he gives us a choice as to whether or not to use our gifts. Say, well, how can I use them? You can use them anywhere. It does not have to be in a, in a church setting that you use your gifts, although it's a great, great community to use your gifts in. You can use your gifts out in, in, in the broader community where you're volunteering or serving. You can use your gifts in your classroom if you're in school. You can use your gifts at your job. Doesn't matter what your job is. It, it, that's all irrelevant. The question is, are you using your gifts or not? And a lot of people uh, uh, are afraid. They think that maybe God has gifted them in a certain area, but they're not exploring that. And uh, you should. You should explore that. Again, local church is a great place to do exploration of your spiritual gifts. By the way, I uh, forgot to announce uh, to you, uh, if there are uh, young people especially in the room or you know somebody from the age of 15 to 30, you have to be a, either a Canadian citizen or a permanent resident or have refugee status, uh, the food bank, where, where I'm still attached and, and continue to volunteer there, they are looking for Canada summer jobs uh, uh, students to serve there for eight weeks. Paid, by the way. And that's a great, great community place. They're feeding uh, 1,500 families a week now, uh, about 500 on site and 1,000 in the broader uh, community. So if you're looking for work, or parents, you want to get your kids out of the house and get them, uh, get them uh, into the community, uh, come and see me and I'll give you the contact information, okay? They're still looking for people there. God expects us to use our gifts and they are for the common good. They're not for yourself. They're for others. They're for other people. They're for the community of faith. They're for the broader community. They're for the world. Um, I need to tell you before we get into the, the test here, I'm, I'm not a, what you call a cessationist, so I don't, I don't uh, uh, agree with the view, you know, that especially the supernatural gifts are somehow over and they've, they've you know, they sort of, uh, uh, they, they don't operate that way anymore because we have the Bible. I, I don't think that this is what the Bible teaches. On the other hand, you know, sometimes people go a little crazy, especially with the supernatural gifts, and they run around calling themselves apostles and prophets and all of these kinds of things. That's not for the common good, 
Okay? A true apostle in the modern age will not call themselves one. A true prophet in the modern age will not call themselves one. Most of them are very reluctant to, to, to use even that title. And I do believe that there are apostles today, and I do believe that there are prophets today, uh, but usually they do not like those titles uh, applied to them, and that's normal because that's what you see in the Scripture, okay? Uh, so anyway, uh, we're going to get into it now, and you say, I don't even know what these gifts are. I, you didn't even explain them. Don't worry. You'll figure it out as we go, okay? So in your little quiz... This is like one of the best that I have found. I have scoured the internet looking for these quizzes for spiritual gifts. You will find hundreds of them. I mean, they are everywhere. But this one is really good because it's really simple. And in the back pages, they give you a really cool way uh, to understand spiritual gifts and what they are uh, by using a body as an illustration. And they just go through the Romans 12 list here. But you can look at all of this on your own, uh, you know, for deeper explanation. But really, really well done and really, really simple. So we're going to test right now in this room, and you're, you're probably at the end of this, you're going to say, well, that, this is nothing new for me. I, I, I knew this already. Well, good. If you knew it already, start using it. Start doing it. Start getting involved. Start using your gifts. So this really easy quiz, really simple. I'm going to explain how it works, okay? So you, you have these questions that we're going to go through quickly. And you're going to put a one or a two or a three or a four by each question. Okay, number one, if you put a one, it means you have no desire towards whatever the sentence will say. Number two, it would mean it's almost never true. Number three would mean, well, sometimes it's true. And a number four, you'd say, oh, that's always true. Now, here's the key with this test. And the other one that I emailed you yesterday, and any spiritual gifts test that you find on the internet, don't lie. Don't put what you want yourself to be, put what you are, okay? If you lie, and you try to pretend to be a superstar Christian, you know, and you put always true, always true for everything, I'm such a great Christian, okay, good, you're a great Christian, but you're not helping yourself. Be honest, okay? Be honest and be true to the questions. They're very, very simple, but the more honest you are, the more this thing will be accurate, okay? So don't lie. Don't, don't look to your neighbor. You know, if you're a couple in here, don't say, oh, that's you. You're a four there. Don't say anything. Don't say anything to your spouse, your partner. Don't say anything. Let them do it themselves. Next week is Father's Day, okay? So, you know, if there's dads, give your, dad, give your husband, if he's a dad, a gift, and don't say anything to him now. Just let him do his thing, okay? And, and it, it, fill it out. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't look at your neighbor's answer. And don't look and say, oh, that's not true. You better change your answer. No, no, no. Okay? So we're going to go through it. And then at the end, I'll show you how to add these things up, okay? Really, really simple. Uh, question number one, I am able to sense the direction God desires for his people to move and share it with others. Now, as we read through these, you're going to 
you're going to figure out, oh, I know what gift that's probably talking about, all right? I am able to sense the direction God desires for his people to move and share it with others. One means you have no desire toward that whatsoever. It's uninteresting to you. Four means, oh, yeah, I relate to that. That's almost always true. Do you get the picture? Okay, so put your answer in there with your pencil. Does everybody have a quiz? Anybody not have one that wants one? Oh, let's give him one. He, I didn't know that. Let's make sure he gets one as well. And he, he's, a, he's quick, so he'll be able to fill it in. So question number two, I enjoy pitching in on service projects in the church. I enjoy that. The church is doing something. Church is serving. Ooh, I really enjoy helping when that happens. Okay. By the way, our back-to-school bash will be, I think, the second week of August on Saturday, and uh, we're going to have hundreds of kids here, and we give them backpacks, and we've got a special guest already booked. We've done this every year uh, since before the launch, except one year where we got locked out because of COVID, all right? I enjoy pitching in on service projects in the church. No desire toward it, or almost always true, don't lie. Question number three, I am able to organize my thinking in such a way as to systematically present a Bible lesson to others. I know what you're thinking. Say, I think I know what that gift is. Exactly. It's not rocket science, right? So if you're, if you're able to or not, be honest with your answer. Question number four, am I going too fast? No? Okay, question number four. People often come to me with their personal problems for counsel. You know, it's like you've got the bullseye on your back. Everybody just comes to you when they've got problems, and they, they unload their problems on you as, if you as if you have a sign on your back, you know, free counseling. Come and see me. Okay, people often come to me. Question number five. I enjoy giving to those in serious financial need. I, I am thinking of a senior lady who, this is her, like, on steroids. I enjoy giving to those in serious financial need. Question number six, people seem to respect me and follow my lead. Okay, good. Question number seven. I like it when it's quiet. That means you're, you're doing it. Question number seven. I have a tender heart toward the needy and will often do what I can to help those who are in distress. All right. Good. Number eight. Am I going too fast or you're okay? You're okay? Okay, good. Number eight. I speak up for what is biblically right, even when people think I am narrow-minded and oppose principles. So I, I speak up for what is biblically right, even if people criticize me for it, I still do anyway. Even if they're opposed to me, I still do it anyway. All right, and if you're online uh, and, you, and you're in our electronic database, you would have received these already. You can do them at home. But if you need one, you can reach out to me through our website or Facebook page. My contact information is there, and I will send this to you, okay? Uh, question number nine, I usually volunteer to help with tasks that need to be done. 
Tasks need to be done. No problem. I'm there. I will volunteer. Question number 10. I enjoy diligent study so as to accurately teach the Word, meaning the Bible. Okay, pretty simple so far, right? Okay, question number 11. I enjoy encouraging those who are discouraged and downhearted. You like doing that. Some people, it can't stand that. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make you a bad person if you can't stand it, all right? But this person it actually enjoys that. They, they enjoy being around discouraged people, and they like to encourage them. Number 12, I cheerfully give well above a tithe, that means a tenth, to the work of the Lord. Cheerfully. So I enjoy that. It's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, a bad experience for me. I enjoy it. A tenth, for people like this, giving a tenth is a, is a minimum for them. That's, that it's kind of, uh, they look at that and they say, well, that's easy, you know, and they give a lot more than that. Uh, number 13, I am good at setting goals and seeing the direction a group of people should take. Good at setting goals and seeing the direction that a group of people should take. You probably know what gift that's referring to. Number 14, I enjoy visiting the sick and shut in. Enjoy it. So you go to hospitals and you're not looking for the exit. You enjoy being around people who are in need and who are sick and who are shut in. You enjoy visiting people in their houses who, who you know, can't leave them and so on. You like that. Okay? It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you don't like it but you happen to like it. Number 15, I feel compelled to communicate God's message from the Word, that's the Bible, so people know what God expects of them. So this person feels compelled to do that. It's not optional for them. That's, they feel an urge to do that. Number 16, I am willing to work at a task regardless of how simple or trivial it may seem. Often people like this, the more simple it is, the more trivial it is, the more they want to do it. <laughs> the mundane, simple, trivial, nobody notices, nobody gets any attention. People like this, they, that's, their, that's their area. They just love it. Number 17, others comment on how much they have enjoyed, learned, or grown under my teaching. Others tell you this. It's not just you saying it to yourself, others tell you this, that the gift is, is in, this, in the question actually. Number 18, I often challenge others to reach their potential in Christ. Note the word challenge. I challenge others to reach their potential in Christ. Does it, and again, maybe you want to be like that, but you're not like that. Be honest in your answer. Don't put what you want to be, put what you are, okay? And you'll get a better result. Number 19, I am known for my generosity and sometimes sacrificial giving. Remember in the book of Acts, uh, right at the beginning, you've got people who were selling their property and giving, giving the money to the new community of faith. They had a reputation for doing this. This is the type of person that's being referred to here. I'm known for my generosity and sometimes sacrificial giving. You don't do it for that reason, but people know it anyway. 
Number 20, I am able to guide and motivate people to join in the achievement of my goals. I'm able to guide and motivate people to join in the achievement of my goals. Before we planted this church, I went through so many of these surveys and personality tests and all of these things, and that's one of the one of the things that they're looking for when you plant a church. Oh boy. Question number 21. I tend to look out for those who are neglected and alienated. People on the margins. People who nobody wants to talk to. I tend to look out for those people. And I'm very, very interested in those people. Okay. Question number 22. So far, so good. Okay, good. I am not afraid to announce God's judgment on sin. Whew. Not afraid to announce God's judgment on sin. You probably know what that is. Question number 23, I feel a sense of satisfaction in seeing a job through to completion. I take the job all the way to the end, and when the job is done, you just, it's a thrill for you. You're very satisfied with a job that's completed and done well. Question number 24, I am able to thoroughly study Scripture and share my findings with others. Number 25, I make myself available to talk with others. Some people don't like that. Some people, they want to they want to be left alone. They don't need to talk with others. They don't have the interest to talk with others. That's not bad, okay? Again, but this person, they make themselves available to talk with others. They hang around, you know, at the end of the church service, just waiting to talk to people. Question number 26, I often give anonymously to those in need. People who have this gift, they, that's exciting for them. They like to give anonymously. They get a thrill from doing that, I've noticed. Question number 27, if in a group where there's no leader, I assume leadership. Say, I know what that gift is. Good. Do you have it? If in a group where there's no leader, I assume leadership. Number 28, I empathize with those who are embarrassed and humiliated and seek to comfort them. Beautiful gift. Starts with an M there. Give you a hint. I empathize with those who are embarrassed and humiliated and seek to comfort them. Question number 29. I speak boldly and with conviction what I believe God wants people to know. People like this, again, they tend not to care if, if, if they're, you know, offensive or whatever, they'll do it anyway. I speak boldly and with conviction of what, what I believe people wants, want God to know or what I believe God wants people to know. I'm sure you can think of people in the New Testament who were like this. Number 30, I am very de dependable for getting things done. Number 31, I am able to make the Bible clear and relevant for others. Probably know what that gift is too now, by now. Number 32, I encourage others to go on with the Lord. You, 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 you see someone who's, a, who's a new in their faith and you like to encourage that person. You like to tell them to stick to it. You like to, to challenge them. You like to spend time with them. I want to encourage others to go on with the Lord. Number 33, I am willing to lower my standard of living 
in order to help out. Willing to lower my standard of living in order to help out. Number 34, I am a goal setter. This kind of person, they make goals and they actually keep them. They actually fulfill their goals. Number 35, I like to spend time with those who are lonely and hurting to cheer them. Okay? All, all good? All done? Remember, it's for you. You're not going to hand it in. Okay? This is, this is for you only. And you will have received another one uh, that you can do. It's in your email. If you need it, come and see me. I will send it to you. Now you say, well, how do I figure out the results? You know, give me the, the, the drum roll, please, of my results. Well, here's what you do. You turn to the page that says response sheet, okay, for seven motivational gifts. And uh, you, you just put your, your, the number for each question in the little boxes there. So you see, it's got a Got a little box, number one. Well, what was your answer from number one? Put the, put the number in each corresponding box there. Just copy it over. All right, so if your answer to question number one was a two, well, you put a two by that little box that says number one. Does that make sense? I know it sounds complicated, but really, really simple. Okay, so just transfer your answers over there. And the quicker that you can transfer them, and the quicker that you can add them up, the, the, the more you will find out the truth, okay? So your answer for question number one, plus your answer for question number eight, you go across the page, plus your answer for question number 15, number 22, number 29, is going to give you whether or not you have the gift of prophecy. Say, does that mean I can predict the future? Well, that's not really the question that was asked, right? The prophet is the person who, they, 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 they stand up, they proclaim what they believe God is saying, they do so in a bold fashion. This most certainly is a, a good definition of prophecy. John the Baptist, classic definition of a prophet. He would score, you know, 20 on this. So his 1 plus 8 plus 15 plus 22 plus 29 would be 20. <laughs> 20, it'd be 200. I mean, he's the classic prophet. Do you see how it works? Yes, any questions? No? Okay, so you want to you wanna transfer your answers over and you want to uh, see how you did. Now, uh, while you're doing that, I will just tell you, you can just listen as I'm doing it. Uh, you'll see, again, in this little handout how they try to describe what these gifts are. And there's a chart that tries to explain it, what it is using the image of a body. It'll tell you what the strengths are when you have that gift and what the weaknesses are. Every gift that you have, there are strengths and, and pitfalls to it. So a prophet, you know, the, the, the strength is that they see the heart of the issue, they're motivated to reveal the truth, they're concerned with revealing a person's motives, and so on. But the pitfalls of that is that it's hard for them to be silent, they're, uh, uh, they can be offensive, they can lack tact, uh, they don't, they're not always coming across in a loving fashion. 
Uh, and sometimes they need to you know, watch out for that even as they use their gift. It's really, really well done. Very simple. Gives you an example from the scripture of each person, of each gift that you can look up yourselves. Really well done. Uses the image of a physical body for each gift. It's just so simple. And that's why I like it uh, uh, because it's so easy to understand, all right? So you're going to see that uh, there as well. You know, the, the prophecy they call the eyes of the body, service they call the hands, teaching they call the mind, exhorting they call the mouth, uh, and so on. So you're, you're really going to enjoy that. I'm trying to buy time here uh, while you add up your, your answers. Anybody got it all complete? So far, you added it all up, okay, almost there. All right, I'm going to go through each, each of these gifts and, uh, and see who's got what if you're bold enough to, to answer. You don't have to. So the first gift, which is uh, gift A on the list there of the chart where you find out your answers, is a gift of prophecy, which we've just talked about. Now, this doesn't test for whether or not a person has ever been used by God, you know, to predict something that would happen in the future, although we do see that in the Scripture. But this is, again, the person who speaks on behalf of God, often with boldness, declaring uh, what they believe the mind of God is on a matter. Uh, in fact, a great bulk of the Scripture is prophecy in that sense. Uh, even it's even a prophecy when a person uh, 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 preaches the scripture. They're saying this is what God says. That, in a broad definition, is prophecy in that sense. All right. So that's the first gift, gift A. Any of you you tested really high, like you're between 18 and 20 on that particular gift. That's really high. Don't don't be shy. It doesn't mean you're a crystal ball reader. Okay, some shy people. Okay, one, yeah. If you're that high and it's, you know, 18, 19, 20, it's, and you were being honest, then, you know, that's, that's a pretty high indicator. If it's 12, 13, eh, you know, but if it's high, like, again, 18, 19, 20, then you can be pretty sure, and it's, it's pretty accurate, and it's probably telling you something that you already knew already, and probably what others knew about you anyway. Gift B, that's the gift of service. That is the most common gift that I've ever seen in a church setting is a gift of service. Uh, this is very, very common. People who love to serve behind the scenes, people who love to chip in and help out is the gift of service. Is there anybody here who has that gift? Yeah, I see some more hands going up. So it's the most common one that you, that you have, uh, uh, that I've observed anyway, in doing these tests and these surveys with, with people. The third one, which is uh, C, that's the gift of teaching. Teaching. That's the person who's able to look at the Scripture, explain the Scripture, and when people hear it, it's like a light bulb goes on, bing, and they say, oh, I understand. Any of you, that's, that's what it turned up on you. Again, 18, 19, 20 is a very high likelihood. I'm looking carefully at this one because <laughs> I'm, I'm hunting for you <laughs> like Jurassic Park. Okay, so uh, number uh, D, this is the gift of exhortation or encouragement. People who, who like to encourage others. Barnabas was an encourager. 
And this is a very necessary gift because people get discouraged really easily. Discouragement is so is so destructive in people's lives and they need encouragers to come and lift them up. And, you know, you talk to this kind of person, and it's like it's like a breath of fresh air, you know, just came into your, your world because you talk to this person. Anybody and that's high for you, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, okay. And I see people have raised hands for more than one gift, which is quite normal. Most people who, who I've tested have at least three. I've met some with all seven. I've met many with five. In my view, when people say, well, you know, there's just nobody to do anything in the church, that's not because God hasn't done his job. God has, has, has thrown his gifts into the church's uh, uh, community and so on. He's th he he's lavishes his gifts upon people. It all depends on whether or not we're going to use them. Number, uh, letter E is a gift of giving. Uh, people who have this gift, wow, they're able to do powerful things uh, in their church and in their broader community because of the way that they manage money in particular. Powerful things. I've met people with this gift, and I'm telling you, there are hundreds of people in the kingdom because of their generosity. In my view, okay, I'll just throw this out there. If every single Christian in every single church just tithe, just tithe. Every single Christian in every church gave a tenth of their income to their local church. You would have intercontinental revival. You would not believe the problems worldwide that would be solved if every single Christian in every single church tithe. Just saying, okay? People who have the gift of giving, they go beyond that. It irritates them when people only give a tenth. They find this to be irritating. They give way more than that, and it's a powerful, powerful demonstration when they do that because they affect multiple people's lives often when they use this gift. It's not greater than any of the other gifts. It's just interesting to study the impact of it. Um, uh, that's the gift of giving. F is the gift of leadership. Also very, very powerful because, again, multiple people follow a leader. Anybody here? And it's 18, 19, 20 for you. I know there's one person in this room who I won't embarrass, and it'd be like a 25 for him, <laughs> okay? Anybody? It's 18, 19, 20. 14, okay. 16, okay. 18, 19, 20, you can, you can be pretty sure, okay? Uh, uh, and, and the last one is G, and that's mercy, that's mercy. That's the person who reaches down into the life of someone who's neglected and someone who's pushed aside and someone who nobody wants to talk to, and they have mercy on that person. Uh, again, th these gifts impact many, many people's uh, lives. At the food bank there, there's a lot of people with that gift. A lot of Christians uh, serve there because they enjoy helping people who are neglected and pushed aside. This is a uh, trademark of the Christian faith. Anybody there, and it's high for you, 18, 19, 20, in mercy. Okay, yeah. Okay, whatever it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's for you. But when you're that high, when you're ranging 18, 19, 20, that's pretty certain. When you're 13, 14, maybe, maybe not, hard to say. Do some more surveys, see, explore. So what you do then with this information, no matter how you you 
how you cut the cake. Like no matter what surveys you do, what books you read, what sermons you listen to about this subject, you have to start to use the gifts that you believe God gave you. If you're not sure, do it anyway. And when you start serving in that whatever area or you start to explore, you'll know. I mean, if you think, well, maybe, you know, I'm gifted in mercy, and so I might try and visit somebody in a hospital, you know, it just happened that my neighbor or my friend or whatever, and, you know, so maybe I have the gift of mercy, it showed as a 14, and you go to that hospital, and it's like you almost blacked out, you know, you couldn't, you, you barely could get in the door, you almost blacked out, it was the most awful thing you could have possibly done. Don't flatter yourself. You probably don't have the gift of mercy. It's not bad that you don't, but you probably don't. On the other hand, if you're a 14 in mercy and you head into that hospital and, and, I mean, you went to encourage that person, but you left the hospital and you were encouraged, and that person was encouraged too, you probably are leaning toward the gift of mercy. And you should, keep, you should keep exploring that. Look for opportunities. Get involved. Test it out. Because if you never try, if you never step out of the boat, so to speak, well, you're, it's, it's rather boring. Try. Try new things. Try to do new things. Get involved. Investigate opportunities. See how you felt afterward. If God has gifted you in it, you will enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy when you use your gifts. It doesn't mean that it'll always be easy. But he wants you to enjoy it. He wants it to be your passion to be able to use those gifts and affect uh, people's lives. Again, it's for the common good. So the Spirit has given you, every single one of you in this room, people who are watching online. Again, you may not even be a Christian. Still, the mark of God in some measure is on your life as well. And when you decide to follow Christ, wow, things will start to change. I remember in my particular case, the musicians, you can come, we're going to wrap up the service. In my particular case, this is going to make you laugh. I could not stand speaking to people in public. Before I became a Christian, I was terrified of this. I did not want to speak to people in, in a public setting at all, even in a small group setting. It was the most anxiety-type experience for me. I mean, even in high school, you know, having to do these oral presentations in front of a class of, uh, oh my goodness, and sometimes in French, I can still remember the anxiety, how I, I would drop courses in, in Sejep and so on if it involved any public speaking whatsoever. I did not want that at all. And after I became a Christian, what happens? What is this? You know, I was say this, teach this in front of people. And it was like, why do people enjoy that? Why are people coming to me and saying, wow, that was really helpful what you said. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, anything but that. Right. And then I realized, hey, why am I liking this when I didn't like it before? Well, again, that's because the Spirit of God at work in a person's life. That's just my personal example. You've probably experienced the same thing. But folks, I, I just think at the, at the end of the day, the one thing that you need to walk away from today with is use it. 
Unwrap the box and use the gift. If you're not sure, try it out anyway. The worst thing that can happen is you may have helped somebody in the process. Even though you might not have liked it, even though it wasn't your gift, you realize, no, that's not my gift. But you still may have helped someone. Is that so bad, right? So test it out. Get involved. Go out there and serve and look for opportunity to say, God, I will, I will pursue what you have put in my life. Father, I pray for each person in the room, those who are watching online, those who are going to uh, watch or listen to recordings. Lord, would you challenge people? Would you speak into people's hearts? Would you motivate us, Lord, to, to uh, get out there and be involved? Maybe it's in our community. Maybe it's deeper into our own uh, family or extended family. Maybe it's deeper in our own schools or places of work or in our local uh, church here, God. But would you use people with the gifts of the Spirit that you have poured out into our lives we pray together in jesus name amen god bless you everyone those of you with the gift of service haha we're going to be tearing down here so if you want to help out those of you who know who you are make sure you pick up your kids over at screen number 11 god bless you have a great sunday